Tell Dr. Oz a little bit about your features. Sure. Well, basically, my body is made to move as much like a real person as possible. My head goes side to side and back and forth. My eyes go up and down and side to side. I can also move my eyebrows and my jaw. And I can smile and even pucker my lips. Do your arms move? Yes, my arms move up and down. So I can give you a big hug. Also, my hips move back and forth to provide a very interesting motion. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Sick and Wrong. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, G. Simon. And I am Count Dracula. So, uh, Harrison. Mm. Are you still planning to become a member of the Proud Boys? I don't think I was. Oh, I thought you said you were going to I have to a list of organizations I'm planning on joining, <laughs> meaning to get around. I don't think they're on the list. I don't understand I, I, No, that. I was joining the, you think of the Promise Keepers. Oh, okay. Those guys in the 90s that would go in stadiums and cry for no reason. I wanted to do that. The promise, were they virgins? No, they were just like husbands that were like, I'm going to not beat the shit out of my wife and, and I'm going to cry about it and then I'm going to later beat the shit out of my wife or something. It was something stupid. I don't you remember. Know, for the longest time, I mm. thought the Proud Boys was like a group of gay men that like sang songs or something. I, I didn't know. I did. I honestly didn't know it was like a far right, alt right thing. I always get, whenever I hear it, I always get it confused with that Duran Duran song where on the video, the guy's strapped to that wheel and there's a sea monster. Wild Boys. Wild, Wild Boys. Boys. That Which should is, be their theme song. That should, yeah. Well, Which I think is based on the William Burroughs book or something. Like if someone handed you mm. a a videotape and there was a label on the tape just said Proud Boys, would you think it was a gay porn? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's just the whole I thing I also think that whenever, so I, gay. whenever I go eat at Farmer Boys, I always think the same <laughs> That's thing. another gay thing. Yeah, yeah. Farmer Boys. What do you eat at Farmer Boys? What kind I of food a, is I'll it? i like a burger. There's one right up the street from you. It's right near me, and it's open yeah. until 2 a.m. So Farmer it's like, boys. It's very middle of the road. But Proud Boys also sounds really gay. Like, oh, yeah. I know Gavin McInnes thinks he's some, like, you know, he co-founded Vice. Yeah, he's just got more money he, than Christ. Yeah, and he thinks he's, like, this mm. badass, like, alt-right guy. Yeah. But, dude, Proud Boys is probably one of the gayest names for, like, a far-right organization that I can think of yeah. that admits only men as members. Sure, yeah. Because women can't be Proud mm. Boys. It's like, men only. Yeah. We're proud boys. He he McGinnis describes the group as a pro Western fraternal organization for men who refuse to apologize for creating the modern world. We he says the victim mentality of women and other historically oppressed groups is unhealthy. There's an incentive to be a victim. It's cool to be a victim. He says white men in Western culture is under siege. So mm. that's why he formed the gayest mm. group I can mm. even imagine. The Proud uh, Boys. Under siege from what? Rim jobs? Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm thinking is going on. Group masturbation yeah, yeah. sessions or something. Yeah. I don't and so it just okay, so right 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 off the bat, the name Proud Boys. Yeah. That's a men only group. 
it's just very gay. Yeah. It's very gay. But then listen to the four degree initiation process for new members. Mm. So the first, you got to go through four degrees to become a proud boy. It's a lot less than the Freemasons. So in the first degree, mm. which Freemason, now that's not a, there's nothing gay about that name at all. I'm a Freemason. Right. But the, all the paddling is a little... Well, that's a little gay. Yeah. I get, I'm sure there's a lot of paddling with the Proud oh, Boys. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bare-assed yeah. paddling. Um, so that they have a four-degree initiation process for new members. The first degree, a recruit must declare, I am a Western chauvinist who refuses to apologize for creating the modern world. Okay. So that's not too tough. Second degree involves five or more Proud Boys Punching the recruit until he names five breakfast cereals. Or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's real cute. That's real fucking cute. Yeah. And they're naked the whole time. Really? I, I just made that Oh, up. okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if they were. Yeah. Um, so it's like they took a prison gang initiation thing and just made it really white and stupid. Made it white and stupid, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky charms. Yeah. Fruit Loops. Fruit Brute, <laughs> Booberry. <laughs> to earn the third degree, yeah. the recruit must go get a Proud Boy tattoo of their logo. Have you, do you know what their logo is? No. What is it? It's a rooster. Is it? It's a cock. Oh, oh my God. And it God. says, the West is the best. Yeah. How gay can you possibly... My brother wears a hat with yeah. a cock on it. Yeah. He calls it his cock hat. I mean, it could be like a rooster standing on an asterisk that's an asshole. I that I guess could be yeah, yeah be I could see that or like a rooster just like standing on a butt plug right like covered in feces I could see that being you know maybe maybe that would be one step up but but still just the rooster itself it's also pretty gay um, the fourth degree here is reserved for this is like the final step here all five guys stand around a pizza masturbating the last one to actually come has to eat the pizza. Wait a minute, then, that's real? No, I made that you up too. Fuck. <laughs> Come you on. believe it though. Uh, so uh, the fourth degree yeah. is reserved for those who have endured a major conflict related to the cause. And this conflict typically is, is a recruit has to get into a physical fight with an Antifa activist at a public rally. Okay. Which that's what they did, I guess, in New York this mm. past week. And so like they went there to go kick some ass. Mm. Because we're a bunch of bros that like to beat on each other and name breakfast cereals. Jesus. In our men-only group. And then we have rooster tattoos. God. God. Mm. Cock tattoos. Uh, the Proud Boys have adopted a black Fred Perry polo shirt with yellow piping as their official uniform. What? Yeah. They have black Fred Perry polo shirts. You know, it's been associated with mod subculture and skinhead groups. Right. So then maybe that has something to do with it. Um... This is kind of funny. When did Nazis get into golf wear so much? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Are they caddies? Like, what? I don't understand. It's the weird. Proud Boys discourage its members from masturbating and watching porn, so as to motivate them to get off the couch and go meet some women. Hmm. So, one thing I imagine the Proud Boys would probably be against is uh, having a sex doll. You think they have sex dolls? I think they they probably would. You think they would? I, th I feel or like they probably want to eliminate that? women from the equation because, like, well, it says that, they, that all they... women are feminazis now, so we gotta just talk about uh, a Count Chocula and, and <laughs> fucking, you know, I'm gonna punch you, yeah, man, and Dunberry, name and another one, practice docking and discuss Count Chocula. Do you think they have like full boners while they're just punching each other? 
Like, you fucker. Yeah. Proud boy. God, it's so gay. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they want you to get off the couch and go meet women. Probably not have a sexual, like a, a inanimate sexual object, like a real doll. Hmm. I wonder what they'd think about that. I'm not sure. I, I think they'd be all right with it. I don't, you know, well, the, the other thing too, what woman's going to date a guy in the Proud Boys? Do you think there's women that are like, oh my God, that's so sexy that you hang out with a bunch of your other bros with your fucking cock tattoos? I think there's probably some. Well, I but... mean, there were some girls that dated skinheads, like the Chelsea girls and all yeah. that with the Chelsea haircut. There are a few. None of them are all that attractive. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm sure there's some girls that date juggalos. But juggalos are cooler than this Juggalettes. Yeah, yeah, juggalettes. But they're cooler than Proud Boys, yeah. believe me. But I just wonder what girls are like, yeah, Proud Boys are so cool. I'm so glad you had this group and you go around beating on each other and naming breakfast cereal. It's every day that goes by, it's like less and less likely that I'll ever have sex with a female Nazi. And it really saddens <laughs> me. Like it really, it's something I think about a lot now as I, as I approach middle age. And Get a just, MAGA hat. Might help you out. I guess. You know? <laughs> it works for Kanye West. Um, that was my segue. I'm trying to get into sex. I know. That's I, what know. I was moving on to that. Yeah. All right. I was, I was letting you get there. <laughs> so uh, I arranged an interview, actually, with a woman named uh, Kathleen Richardson. She's a professor of ethics and culture of robots and AI and a co-founder of the campaign against sex robots. Yeah. Kathleen Richardson is not down with sex robot relationships. Okay. I'm interested to find out why. Like, would you have sex with a sex robot? I would. Because if you heard about that... Like, I mean, I wouldn't go out of my way to do it, but if somebody's like, hey, I'd be like, yeah. Well, have you shot. heard about that, uh, that guy in Houston? He was trying to open... I wouldn't call it a sex robot brothel. Yeah. But it was like a store that sold these very expensive, like high-end seven to $8,000 sex robots that you could try out in a private room for 30 minutes. See, that I would not do just because I have experience with a flashlight. They're very hard to clean. So I'm not going <laughs> to... You know what I mean? Like... I am not going to use a flashlight. I use... It's just not going to happen. It's never going to happen. The, the problem with me is I... Just can't get beyond the whole uncanny valley with those things. Yeah. Like the dead eyes looking at you just while you're sticking your dick in it. Right. I, I, I just don't feel comfortable with that. I, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, just turn it around or something. I don't know. Like what's, it's, it's just yeah. this thing. It's like having sex with a corpse. Right. It's, it's not moving. Yeah, that is weird. I mean, it's like... I think it just like... Cause sometimes like with a flashlight, you want to be like, yeah, maybe I can put it on a mic stand, you know, like you think like, ah, oh, how can I put it in a weird way that I shove can shove it in a Furby? Would yeah. So maybe it's like, if it's, if it's in a body, <laughs> it would be, yeah, yes. In a Furby. <laughs> Did you say you do that every, like, I don't know, every other Wednesday? Well, so I, I asked you what you thought, you know, Teddy Ruxpin or a Furby, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think that's the type of sex robot she's ever... against. Okay. I, I don't, maybe I'm, I mean, we might want to ask her that question if you remember. Right. I'm not sure. Um, I'd like to tell you a story about Gumdrop Gulch. <laughs> You're just like going at it. Stop. With the thing. <laughs> Stop sodomizing me. Will you be my friend? Yes. <laughs> yes, Teddy. I, Teddy. You know, 
I, I feel like right now we, you know, right now I'm saying like, ah, I'm really freaked out by the, mm. these sex robots or these sex dolls that you see. But who's to say 20 years from now? Like, uh, like Blade Runner. Remember yeah. Blade Runner? There was that hologram mm. that you could have like, you could hire a human prostitute and the hologram would just kind of go over it and you'd have sex with whatever you want. Or that one on Netflix where the, where the robot hologram is Edgar Allan Poe and it runs a hotel. Did you watch that? <laughs> Wait, what you is that? You could just have sex with Edgar Allan Poe whenever you wanted to. He runs a hotel? Yeah, he Where? runs a hotel. That one with the fucking guy from RoboCop. The, uh, the, the remake RoboCop. I forget his name. Oh, Joel something. Yeah, yeah. It was that, actually kind of fun. It was a cyberpunk uh, show on Netflix. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Did you see that guy? Who was the guy who made the Scarlett Johansson robot? He spent like 40 grand to make this. Some Chinese guy. Wow. His engineer is Scarlett mm. Johansson robot. And it's like, and you can say, you can say to it, like, you look beautiful. And he'd be like, ha ha ha. And wink at you. That's creepy. And he was yeah. saying, it's like, no, this is a normal thing. And like, he has no, you know, he's like, I didn't make it this for some kind of sexual <laughs> satisfaction. And you're like, come on, dude. You big fat Chinese guy. You know, you're doing horrible things to that. Yeah. That robot. So what I'm interested to find out from Kathleen here is... Is she against like the sexual exploitation of robots? My guess is no. Or the objectification that it represents. I th yeah, I think probably the I'm problematic. The yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so, let's find out. Alienating, um, social, etc. Yeah, let, let, let's yeah. find let's find out um, why, why Kathleen Richardson feels we shouldn't have sex with robots. Okay. All right, we'll give her a call. Hello. Hi, uh, Kathleen. How's it going? All right. How are you? Good. It's uh, D here in uh, Harrison. Hello. Thanks, thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, so you're uh, currently a professor of ethics and culture of robots and AI at uh, De Montfort University. Yes. And wh where is that exactly? It's in the middle of England in, in a place called Leicester. In Leicester. Okay. North of London. North of London. All right. Yeah, Harrison over here. His family's from uh, from that area, Oxford, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Oxford. Right. Yes. That's not nearby. too far from Oxfordshire. Yeah. Chipping Norton. That, yeah. <laughs> no, not too far. Um, so, uh, Kathleen, you uh, are the co-founder of the Campaign Against Sex Robots. Um, what I want to ask you about is. Why do, do you think or do you feel that we need a campaign against sex robots at this time? Like, are we really there yet? Do we have sex robots that, that, you, that can be purchased? Um, good question. I think, you know, we have to situate uh, sex robots in the context of what's happening more widely. And actually, the idea that um, you can have a doll or a machine, whether it's in the form of a robot or an AI program, as a companion, as a replacement for a human being. I mean, that's really the underlying issue of the campaign against sex robots. This attempt in our culture at the moment to normalize, if you like, human isolation, that's basically what it is, by saying people won't be isolated because they can have all these artifacts in their lives as substitutes are, are we close enough to i guess kind of surpass the uncanny valley with these sex robots because i mean that that's the thing they're they're weird and they're kind of creepy so i, I can't yes. imagine people really thinking that 
that they would be some kind of companion for them at this point. I think you're, you know, you're definitely right there. And I think we have got evolution on our side because as it happens, human beings are generally drawn and attracted to other human beings, right? Mm. Um, and right. fortunately, most, most, human beings, yes, <laughs> most human beings are drawn and attracted to other adult human beings. So we've got a lot going for us in terms of our, you know, how we're kind of made um, as human beings. But I think what could happen and, and I guess we're seeing this with the impact of technology and the insecurity that is caused by uh, capitalism as an economic system. So what you, you know, capitalism is organized around setting up businesses so they're profitable. And when they're not profitable, they end. And it means that people who are involved in them, their lives get changed. So communities get broken up and people move away from each other and ties and bonds between people become more fragile and then over time and we've witnessed this actually since the 19th century over time what happens is there's kind of more um, distance created between people and i think the technology then comes in at those moments as a as a kind of mechanism or or a way to respond to this dislocation that people are experiencing. That's true. People feel it will resolve it, but it doesn't. What it does is it intensifies the underlying issues. So we need to really have a conversation, I think, as a society about what's underlying uh, these trends that make people become more distant and disconnected from each other. So I read a quote from uh, David Levy, who I'm sure you're familiar with, author of a, a book called Love and Sex with Robots. And he, he predicted that robots would have possibly have therapeutic benefits. And so he said many who would otherwise have become social misfits, outcasts, or even worse, will instead become better balanced human beings through these interactions with these robots. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, so I've been working in the area of therapeutic robots for the last 10 years. And they, you know, because when you're, when you build a product, and Edward Bernays wrote this in his classic propaganda book, which was all about advertising and marketing, you've got, in order to sell a product, you've got to, um, if you like, create a narrative around it, create a message that's connected with your product in order that it persuades people to consume it. So the message around robotics is is quite significantly this idea that they can be therapeutic, that they can assist people with some kind of either physical or emotional difficulty. And well, I've looked quite deeply at many of these studies, particularly around autism. Mm. But mm. These, these ideas often rest on very, very particular, and I would say very problematic ideas of people in the first place. So with autism, for example, uh, one of the most popular theories is people with autism don't like people, they have no empathy, and they're more machine-like. And therefore, people take from these kind of narratives of autism and then you know these are biomedical narratives and they say oh well if they're like this then make a machine's going to be better for them because they prefer machines but actually if you broaden your bandwidth and go beyond this narrow 
particular idea of autism and actually include parents of children with autism, include adults with autism, include more humanistic ideas of disability and difference, you find that that idea itself starts to break down. So often we're presenting an idea, for example, of men who are incapable of making relationships because we've stereotyped men as being less empathetic than women, which is not true. Um, it, I believe that's a result, you know, if there are differences, it's a result of socialization and hierarchy and, and um, competition. Um, and so we're saying for those people who are struggling, you know, they're not going to, human beings don't want to be around those people. Let's give them a machine instead. And I think that's highly problematic because what I said to you earlier is that what happens is there's a little niche market where it works to begin with and it becomes normalized through a little niche. And then once the niche gets normalized, then it becomes normalized more widely. Now, I have a question, um, not necessarily related to like autistic or, you know, neurodivergent people, but, you know, let's say specifically a lot of these like angry incels that we're always hearing about, people that are like, you know, just let's say they're kind of hopeless on a Darwinian level because they're just, like horrible, awful, intolerable Incapable people. Incapable of having a relationship. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I have like a theory that like, I don't know, say webcam girls serve a, 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 per, a positive purpose to society in that they keep those people satisfied in a way that maybe they won't fucking go nuts and shoot up a Jamba Juice while, you know, while listening to Steve Winwood, like uh, the Elliot Roger in, uh, what is it, San Diego? Yeah, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, Santa yeah. Barbara. Um, yeah. You know, it's like more and more you hear about this. And, and I don't know, do you think that, like, there are just some people that that's, you know, the best they're going to do, and maybe it'll keep them from hurting other people? Um, I, I don't think that. And the reason why is because I think... Um, uh, well, I think there's a number of things we can do. I'm an abolitionist, so I think we should abolish the commercial sex trade. I think there is enough um, there are there are enough freedoms in our society. Everything is more or less permitted between two adults that we do not need this commercial sex trade at all. It's it's not it's not I don't think it was necessary, but it's definitely not necessarily now. You can be gay, you can have threesomes, you can, you know, dress up in uh, space suits if you wanted to. You can do all kinds of things with another adult. Um, but when it comes to the, this, is an important conversation because I do think there is huge swathes of young men who are alienated, mm -hmm. and they are. I think. If we were to look into their childhoods as well, we would find they were actually quite brutalized. And so I think the conversation we need to be having as a society is about how we're creating attachments and relationships, and uh, particularly not just about how we're treating young girls, but how we're treating young boys as well. And to support young men to develop, um, I guess, more confidence, more connections with others, um, to not tolerate violence towards little boys because boys experience a great deal of violence. And so when they're, when they're in that situation, some become very, very isolated and alienated. And the messages that they receive from the world around them is that's who they are. It's normal for men to be like that. 
But I think we can change that conversation as a culture and be more uh, be more empathetic to the, to everybody and develop a different kind of way of thinking about what it means to be a man and also what it means to be a woman. That, that's true. And I think uh, and by engaging in some kind of quote unquote relationship with like a, a, a sex robot would just further isolate these people. Exactly. And, and, and further draw them away from any other kind of humanity over time. So I, I read something that uh, a lot of proponents for sex robots and, uh, and, and I guess androids that could possibly have sex, that, that this could replace prostitution, just, uh, which could uh, potentially alleviate prostituted women from that form of, of abuse. But what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think a sex robot at any time or at any point could actually replace a human prostitute? I don't think it could because prostitution is um, a social economic phenomenon it it occurs amongst human beings because of a particular kind of industry and it's a relationship that occurs actually between because of inequality because of racism and so part of the enjoyment for some um well for for those who visit the prostituted is about power it's about having power over another human being and feeling more important and feeling um, affirmed, you know, in your status and power. And that kind of, um, that issue about feeling more powerful than another human being is actually the one we need to address. It's not, it's not the actual sex, because as I've said, the person can, you know, m most men who visit, for example, the prostituted, they found they are married, um, they have frequent sexual partners more than the average population. I mean, these are these are consensual sexual partners. So, <clears throat> I think it's it's not something that we want to reproduce in the future through a new technology because really prostitution is about relationship again between um, men and women or men and men because um, they're the largest uh, groups who are prostituted. So for me, it's a bit like racism. If we kind of thought, well, let's tackle racism by um, developing um, black bots and then we'll give those to the people who we consider racist and that will solve that problem. No, I think racism is also about relationship. It's about how we develop interpersonal relationships with people of different races and different, and also about classes and sexes. So that's not something I want to see put into an I you know developed as an idea that it could be an alternative. But the actual reality is is that sex dolls and sex robots emerge out of an asymmetrical relationship. They emerge out of this non-empathetic um non-interest in the other because in a commercial transaction you're not really having to take into account what somebody else is thinking and feeling and experiencing. In a civil relationship, you do. You have to take it into mm. account, right? And they have to take it into account with you, but not when you're a commercial buyer. So um, what's actually happened is now sex dolls are being sold alongside real women in brothels, for example, in Germany. 
So the people who buy into this prostitution culture, they can go and they can visit a brothel and they can have a choice of a woman or they can have a choice of a doll. And it's, yeah, I actually read about that. I was going to bring this up in a second. That uh, in Houston, Texas, a, uh, a, a, an, a an owner, I think he has a sex doll shop based in Canada, was trying to open a, well, he didn't call it a brothel, but you could try out these dolls in, uh, in Houston. And uh, the mayor actually blocked it. The whole city was against it. Yes, um, that's great. I'm very proud of what they did in Houston. I mean, because at least what they've done is they've taken it seriously. They've, they've kind of said, hang on a minute. I mean, think about this in the future, right? What kind of society do you want to live in? What kind of society do you feel it's okay uh, to kind of normalize certain practices now? And I guess um, there are no laws, for example, at the moment, uh, uh, prohibiting taking your sex doll to the supermarket on the school run. If you've got children, you can bring it down at the breakfast table. Um, I see the sex well. doll as, as a form of, you wouldn't bring your vibrator for example, on the school run, would you? But I think it would also be indecent to be walking around with a sex doll like on the subway. Well, uh, people are doing it already. So I do think we need to have the conversation now about what is um, acceptable. But like, where's the line between, say, like a Sibian or a fleshlight and a real doll slash robot? Well, that's what I've heard from people say, like, how, how do you respond to this? I'm sure you get this a lot. Like, you know, yes. how's a sex robot different than any other masturbation device, such as a vibrator or a Sibian or something? Well, you're going to have to read chapter one of my book on sex robots <laughs> that's out next year. <laughs> but the short answer of that is that, well, one is that no one... You see, you've got to remember, I've come from a field of robotics that are trying to reframe the idea that you can have relationships with machines. So I haven't, I haven't come from, these have never been promoted as purely masturbatory aids, but as, as objects you can have relationships with. And you've got to remember, that's what I'm interested in as a researcher, relationship. So what are people claiming is a relationship? Um, because I think relationship, and if we cultivate good relationships in our society, it's the most powerful thing we can do as human beings. It will give us tremendous hope. So if people are coming along and saying, no, this is a relationship with a doll or, or with a machine, then that's where, I, that, that's where my intervention begins. Hmm. Well, I, I can't think anyone would argue that they have an actual relationship with their vibrator. You know, or, no. their, or their fleshlight. I mean, well, it's, just, it's just, it serves a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Harrison, I kind of have Maybe one. Harrison over here. Yeah. Do you have a name for it? I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, but, you know, I was reading about uh, uh, Matt McMullen, who uh, he is the CEO of Abyss Creations. He created a doll called Harmony, which he's designed, well, he claims to be as much as a substitute partner as a sex toy. And exactly. It, there yeah. you go. And, and this can like it, it talks, it learns, it responds to her owner's voice. So, I mean, at one point, uh, what I'm wondering is if, if you can have something. I understand that they're 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 modeled after porn stars with accentuated uh, sexualized features. But if you have something that's that looks somewhat normal, but yet it, it has this AI like Alexa, um, you know, that can actually 
learn your behaviors and respond to you. I, I wonder at what point it can cross into companionship. Yeah. Well, again, that's the conversation you see because um, that's what is becoming the new normal, that these objects, uh, and I think you make a good point with Alexa and Cortana, um, you know, this is this is becoming the new normal, that actually these are these... We're being persuaded, if you like, by companies that these objects are re recognizing us and responding to us and learning from our behaviors. And therefore, you know, they're qualitatively different kinds of agents than just, all, you know, the regular computer science machines. But I actually think, you know, if you scratch the surface, you find that that idea is not so um, robust as it seems at first sight. Exactly. I mean, I think one thing, you know, uh, one obstacle to, to that kind of idea is that if you did have normalize a, you know, um, a steady relationship with a sex robot, you probably have to spend at least two hours of every day cleaning it. And that's a lot. You know, that's that's a pretty big obstacle. You know, who has the time for that? Furthermore, you'd think after watching a show like Westworld, there'd be a bit of a cautionary tale for uh, sex robots, you know? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Westworld because, you know, when they were making Westworld, they didn't phone up Apple or uh, Real Dolls, did they? Say, no. oh, you know, we're making this drama. We'd really like your AI and your dolls in our drama. I mean, can you imagine it? It would be a... T <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be as fancy as it turned out to be. <laughs> do people on twitter like send you pictures of their real dolls being like how dare you come between me and cynthia like how often does that happen to you it used to happen a lot more but mm. i've learned one thing about twitter is if you don't actually argue with people then they get they don't bother you very much but if you decide <laughs> if you decide to have you know people on twitter they can get kind of um, I, they can they can become very connected with an argument and yeah. it's all winning the argument. Yeah. I don't feel I need to win arguments on Twitter. And actually, I've realized that I can't win arguments. I can only give my own viewpoint and let other people have their own viewpoint and then see whether we can work through something together. I think eventually it's good just to quit out of the application altogether. Yeah, I mean, that is why I eventually stopped harassing Donald Rumsfeld on Twitter, because just, I just never got a response, so I had to give it up. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Kathleen, thanks for uh, chatting with us. When, when does the new book come out? It won't be out till about June next year, and but what's, it's what's all it called? kinds of things in it, yeah. What, what's the title? Sex Robots, The End of Love. Sex Robots, The End of Love. And the uh, Campaign Against Sex Robots, people, you can find out more about that at campaignagainstsexrobots.org. Um, it's been very interesting talking to you. Thanks for being on the show. Yep. Thanks for inviting me. Bye for now. So, Harrison, are you convinced? Are you uh, not going to get a, a sex robot now? I don't think I ever was. <laughs> but I, I think I was pretty dead on when I said that uh, social alienation, etc. Social alienation, et cetera. Yeah. Well, my, my whole thing is I, I do feel like there's people who are incapable of ever having an actual relationship with a human. Absolutely. And I think those yeah. people are the people that are satiated with some kind of, you know, online relationship with a, with a cam girl.
Yes. Or possibly like, a, you know, a, a Furby with a fleshlight attached to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what about like, I mean, there's some weird Japanese guys. There's some weird Japanese sex toys that I've seen that, I mean, I don't know. what Would you be, would you be opposed to someone having sex with like a octopus sex robot or something? Or like a squid sex robot? No. Although I will just say randomly, I had a dream the other night where I met a squid girl. Because it was like the future, and she like, press? like you could be, yeah, like you could be like, oh, you know what? I identify as a minotaur, and then you'd go get the surgery, and then you'd be like, that's oh, you'd be made the into world, a minotaur. yeah. So she was like, she's like, I identify as a mollusk girl or something. So she's kind of like a mermaid, but she had these weird tentacles that were also like actually surgically a, attached to her. They were, and it was made from this weird like silicon, like semi-synthetic like uh, material but they were bright colored so it was almost like giant you know those like uh industrial german girls with like multicolored ropes for hair <laughs> kind of yeah. it was kind of like that it was kind of like that but they were more tentacly and she so could also like dreads yeah she could breathe underwater for long periods of time and spent most of her time in the water and we fell in love huh. but i was all i'm like this is going to be an issue did she have a cloaca or an actual vagina i didn't get to that point oh you never actually consummated a relationship i don't believe so were you just play being coy or something we were fooling around oh, okay. and i was like how is this gonna <laughs> I, yeah i was i was a little concerned about the cloaca situation yeah i was wondering about that yeah. i don't know what squids have actually i never really looked into it I, they have beaks so there's probably a good chance they have cloacas cloacas as they well. definitely have an ink well or whatever an ink but is that the thing like urethra when it like when she achieves orgasm does she spray ink all over the place that would be great yeah like when you like when you rob a bank (laughs) (laughs) you steal steal ink everywhere your jeans (laughs) (laughs) amazing uh Uh, people uh (laughs) you can learn more about the campaign against sex robots at campaign against sex robots.org um, people, it's episode 657 here is Sick and Wrong. We have new stories coming up next. Uh, but first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more Sick and Wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a Sick and Wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sickandwrong. So the first story we have here... um has to do with a wife who, uh, well, it's interesting, this story. A wife made cheating husband get her name tattooed above his crotch as punishment. That's, okay. Does a punishment fit the crime here? For he, he cheated? Yeah, he cheated on her. So she made, well, first of all. That's fair, I think. How would you agree to doing something like that? That's what I'm questioning. What like, do you well, mean? Well, if she was like. I caught you cheating, and now you got to get a tattoo of my name above your crotch. I would be like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to go hang out with the girl I cheated on you with. Okay, well, it depends. If you wanted to stay with her, why? for whatever reason. Would you stay with a person that would make you do this? I, look, I don't know. but what, what? It's like a brand. It's like branding your property. Yeah, but that's kind of hot. 
first of all. <laughs> and second of all, uh, sir, you know, uh, it, it's hot. And also, like, um, I lost my train of thought. I don't, I don't, I don't I remember what I was saying. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's if she, if you could be like, look, I'll do this. I think it's insane. But you never get to bring this up ever again. If that's the deal, that's a fair Wait, fucking deal. Bring it, bring it she, up that she has your name, no, her she, name tattooed she, no, on your crotch. She never gets to bring up that you cheated. Oh, that you ever cheated. Again. Never gets to play into the politics of anything anymore. Hmm. That's f- totally fair. So what happens when you cheat on her again? Where's the tattoo going to go? It's like getting a scarlet letter <laughs> inside <or something>. your <laughs> rectum. That's where it gets. So yeah. Tammy Moore is accused of. Why a, do you have such a problem with that? Who cares? I'm not going to get your I'm, entire body is covered with nonsense. Well, it's covered. You with, know? it's covered with nonsense, but it's not like no one forced me to get it. I'm doing it on my own volition. That's that's the problem I have. Is that this person's like you have to do this? But if somebody did force you to get it. I'd want to hear about that. As it is now, I don't want to hear about whatever the hell you're doing over there. So, you know. Um, Tammy Moore is accused of abducting her husband's lover, Heather Elvis, which is a great That's last a name. Fucking That's awesome a fucking awesome name. That's a great last name. So Heather, great. Miss Elvis, yeah. uh, who's been missing for nearly five years. Oh. Um, Tammy, 46 years old here, allegedly conspired to kidnap 20-year-old Heather Elvis, who's missing and presumed dead after discovering an affair with uh, Heather and her husband. And sure. as a bizarre punishment for cheating, the infidelity here, she made her husband, Sidney Moore, 38 years old, get her name tattooed just above his penis. So right above his penis. It's not even like, you know, right under his belly button or anything. It's like right above his penis. So most of the time it's covered with pubes. That is true. Yeah, so. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's like right before the pubes start. Hmm. Where you yeah. can kind of see it. So I, I think she probably planned it. So if a girl was giving him head, she'd still just kind of see that name. Yeah. And be like, what's that? Oh, that's my wife's name. What's the wife's name? Uh, Tammy. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> if it was Heather Elvis, then yeah. Okay. Now, Heather that's Elvis cool. is a pretty that's cool great. name. Yeah. Yeah. Tammy. No, no, no. Tammy. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, I just, I still don't get that. You know, the other thing too, why would she make her do... Like, why would she make him get a name? Like, why would she make her get, like, make him get, like, a portrait of her face? Because it's going to be Like, bad. going like this, just the finger. Yeah, I mean, but that's it's part gonna of be it. Ba- yeah, but if you're a woman, you don't want a bad portrait of you existing somewhere. Well, I guess also, I don't care wouldn't it be, be kind of weird, don't. too, if she was giving her husband's, like, head and that she had to look at an ugly picture of her own face on the guy's crotch? Yeah, that'd be terrible. That would, that would be kind of weird. That was like when I had a girlfriend that had a tramp stamp of, um, I don't know, some, some fucking scene from Alice in Wonderland. You know, the original illustrations? Oh, God. Like, the, like, like the black and... Uh, like black and white. Black yeah, and I don't know which one it was. If she was talking to the fucking caterpillar or some shit. I don't know what it was. But it'd just be like every time we had sex, I'm just looking at this illustration from... Uh. If I'm fucking her from behind, I'm just looking at this thing. It's, thinking about like the walrus and the carpenter <laughs> went walking one by one or what you know like this is what i'm thinking about now come on god i i had a i had a girlfriend i can relate to that i had a girlfriend yeah. uh she wasn't a girlfriend but a girl i was having sex with yeah. and she had a cypress hill logo <laughs> like right above her ass like right at a tramp stamp <laughs> and it's like I, yeah it was huge too i mean it was like as I take old, hits from the bong. I could, I could yeah. stop. I was just like, I could just kill yeah. a man. Yeah. And I'm just like, God, this is distracting me. The only good part was that um, every time, you know, if we switch positions, I had to, I could go, change places. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, God. why would she get like a scene from Alice in Wonderland tattooed above his penis? Miss mm. um, <laughs> Elvis here vanished from the U.S. city of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, after the affair was discovered, and she has never been found since. Mm. This is in 2013, so it's been a few years. Uh, prosecutors claim Tammy became vindictive after she found out in October 2013 that her husband and Miss Elvis were in a sexual relationship and that the young hostess may be pregnant. You know, I got to say, you look at the pictures of them. Yeah. Tammy Moore is not the most attractive lady in the world. She's also 46. And her husband is kind of just a, you know, run-of-the-mill general-looking, you know, uh, run-of-the-mill, like, average-looking guy. Yeah. But Heather Elvis, hot, 20 years old. I don't know how a 38-year-old mechanic Interesting. end up shagging this 20-year-old girl, but pretty hot. Hey, Joey Buttafuoco, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. You ever true. meet his daughter? Friends with Lenora? No. Yeah, yeah. She, his, her, Joey Buttafuoco's daughter's friends with Lenora? Is yeah. she hot? Yeah. Wow. We made out very briefly at a, at a party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she ever talk about her dad? I didn't ask her you about didn't her ask. dad. I would have totally asked no, about that. I didn't want to know. I always get Butterfuco and Bobbitt confused. Like yeah. John Wayne Bobbitt's the guy that got his pe- his dick right. cut off. They right? happened a very similar time. All right, maybe yeah. that's and and Butterfuco's wife got shot in the face, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Did she live? Yes. Brain damage? She lived. I Amy don't know. Fisher. Amy Fisher. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. What happened to Amy Fisher? The Long Island Lolita. She went out to do porn, and I think, I don't know, she runs like a fucking muffler business now or something. You know, you know? Amy Fisher and uh, Casey Anthony should just kind of do a porn thing together. Yeah. Something about... make some money. Yeah. Danny the Nanny 2. Um, <laughs> so she became vindictive after yeah. she found her husband, Miss Elvis, in a relationship. Uh, Jacob Melton, who was with friends with one of, uh, of Moore's sons... Told the trial that Sidney got his wife's name tattooed above his crotch after she learned about the affair. So she found out about the affair, and then she was like, "Now you got to get this tattoo." I think it's terrible that like her sons and her friends are all like, "Oh yeah, my dad, my mom hmm. made my dad get a tattoo of his name right above his dick." I'm sorry. Did anyone get convicted of fucking murdering this <laughs> murdered girl? <laughs> that's Why like, is everyone talking about this tattoo? Like, who gives a shit? Because that's it's like, way can you worse. believe my mom made my dad <laughs> not like? Can you believe my mom murdered a fucking girl? Well, that's the thing; they haven't been able to tie it to okay. either one of them. Yeah, that seems to that should be the topic of conversation, in my humble opinion. According to Jacob Milton, Jesus. Tammy told her husband while the tattoo was happening, mm. "If you didn't have that thing with that girl, this wouldn't be happening to you." So she's just sitting there over his, like lording it over his face while he's getting his dick tattooed. Yeah, no, the deal would have to be you get you shut the fuck up about it after. <laughs> you know? That's it. That's Has this deal. happened to you? I don't want to see it. <laughs> okay. Um, mm. The trials also heard from Miss Elvis's former boss, Dennis Clark, a former manager at the Tilted Kilt Bar where Sydney did maintenance work and met the young hostess. So he was a, yeah, he was basically a maintenance guy. And he ended up shagging this. Have you ever been to a tilted kilt? And what is that? It's oh. like a Scottish Hooters. Ugh. It's like a Scottish themed Hooters. Oh, man. Like where the girls wear like really short, like plaid skirts well, and kilts. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I don't think, I mean, Hooters yeah. is pretty awful too. Yeah. But I mean, if, if I had to choose, I'd probably go for the Scottish theme. I mean, they're really short skirts, like kilts. Like kilts that no Scottish man should actually wear. Right. And they're tilted. Sexy. And well, and unlike Hooters, they don't worship Moloch. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> so Mr. Clark said that uh, Tammy, after she found out about the affair, went to the Tilted Kilt and said that she needs, he needs to sack Miss Elvis or her husband would stop doing repairs at the bar. So not only did she make the guy get a tattoo, she went to his boss and was like, you got to sack this girl or I'm stopping my husband from working here. If she wasn't uh, brutally m- murdered and missing, she would have a really good sexual harassment suit on her hands. She would. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tammy barged into the conversation uh, with, with he was, Mr. Clark was having with somebody. He proceeded to tell me how Heather was causing problems for her family, spreading rumors that she was pregnant by her husband and said she wasn't leaving until she was fired. Um, okay. Now, Tammy's defense, and this is why she hasn't been convicted of, of the murder. Tammy's defense team claims the evidence reveals there was an affair, but doesn't show that she had any role in Miss Elvis's disappearance. And her sister even gave her an alibi for the time frame that prosecutors claim she and her husband kidnapped Miss Elvis. Um, why does she just, have a defense team? Uh, because she's probably been, this been going on for like five years. Okay, yeah. You know, um, so her sister, Ashley Kaysen, told the court that Tammy texted her at 3.10 a.m. to say she was at home. She said she was babysitting the Moore's children, then dropped them off at home after receiving the message. Mm-hmm. Um, she said they were outside, still waiting to unlock their door to get in. So they both initially faced murder charges, the husband and Tammy, but yep. those charges were dropped um, because they couldn't, for lack of evidence. Sure. So they, you know, the one thing they did right here was disposed of that corpse. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. It hasn't been found. And without a body, you can't really convict them. Where did this happen? In uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Huh. Okay. Uh, Sydney stood trial on the kidnapping charge last year, but ended in mistrial. So he wasn't even charged with anything. Mm. Hmm. So yeah, both of them are, are free, except for the guy does have his wife's name right above his dick. Sure. I know. Okay. I wonder if he'd be allowed to be a proud boy. <laughs> No, I don't. Th- I think they'd bar yeah, him from it. I think they probably would. Yeah. They'd be like, "Well, you killed a girl, and that's pretty cool, but no, we're sorry." Yeah, <laughs> you got your wife's name tattooed. Much. Yeah, get a yeah. rooster tattoo above your dick, and maybe you're in. Yeah, I don't know. What do you have here for the second story? Uh, okay, this is sent in from uh, Zach from New York. Zach Attack. He's actually my cousin, oddly enough. Zach. Oh. Um, self-styled Ozark minister and failed polygamist is indicted for illegally circumcising two teenagers. Hmm. You know, did you see a picture of this guy? Yes. He looked a lot like the minister that, I don't know what he had, like epilepsy or whatever in Deadwood? Yeah, totally. He looked a lot like that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept thinking of that guy when I saw this story. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking for him uh, how firm our foundation. And then he like has like seizures and shit. Yeah, he kept having seizures. Yeah. Did did they like kill him and feed him to the pigs or something? They didn't feed him to the pigs, oh, okay, but they right. did suffocate him. To, but it was a, cocksucker. It was a merce, merciful uh, kill. Um, I like ha- suffocated them. I, li- I like failed polygamist. <laughs> like <laughs> you could say, I feel like you could say that about a lot of people. You yeah. could say a lot of people are a failed. Like if you've ever tried to have a three way and then you couldn't. <laughs> Technically, you could be called a failed, a failed polygamist. polygamist yeah. yeah, so there's worse things to be called. Right. Uh, he gave it a college try. A Nixa, Missouri man who started an organization called Restore Bible Culture was indicted, indicted for illegally circumcising two teenagers in May. Ugh. Yeah. Good lord. Restore Bible Culture. 
Yeah, there's a. Did, did you ever watch that show Ozark with Jason Bateman? I watched some of it. Yeah. Did, so I don't know if you remember this character, but kind of made like, me want to move there. <laughs> there was like this preacher guy, yeah, who just basically just preached on the boats, like on the water, mm-hmm. and he'd just preach on the lake, and everybody'd be like, "I'm gonna go listen to this random preacher guy," and right. that's what hillbillies do. Okay. Like, let's go listen to the preacher guy. Is he an ordained minister? No, he's just a guy that preaches on mm. a boat, and we all listen to him. And then one guy that... Although anybody could be an ordained minister, D. Yes, yeah, I'm technically... I not. actually am, too. Yeah. I got ordained yeah. when I married my sister. Right. Okay. I should start, I should go get a boat. Yeah. And preach on the L.A. River. <laughs> God, it's such a weird... I'm looking at the website now. The Secret of Life Revealed in Ancient Texts. It doesn't seem that original as far as, like, weird cults go. I do like when cults are like, one of the first thing cults tend to do is like polygamy and you can marry 13 year olds. It is time we stop trusting in the arm of the flesh and live in the power of the spirit. Mm, Sounds good. Yeah. Let's not mess this one up. Okay. (laughs) Said the failed polygamist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, A grand jury indicted Curtis W. Abbott in August of two counts of child endangerment, one count of unauthorized practice of surgery, all of which are felonies. Hmm. Abbott, 47, is not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I am not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I just want to come to your house and hang out. Uh, He he sent a statement to the news leader calling the allegations false. Unfortunately, most details of this case are not public because they involve teenagers. Well, did he actually cut the tips of their dicks off? My guess is yes. How? How? I don't know, but they're not going to charge somebody with his circumcision. It's like, that man circumcised me. Well, I, I don't want to look at this boy's dick, so I'm just going to take his word for it. You know, like, of course somebody was circumcised, right? Failed Moyle. Yeah. And failed polygamist. I, I just wonder, like, when, is, when do you do that? What do, what do they use? Do, they, do you think that guy used, like, a pair of scissors? Garden shears? I mean, I the whole concept of, like, uncircumcised, penises is weird to me so i don't even know how you like cut the, the i i don't you know, even know i, I can understand when you're like work? a newborn because yeah. it's like you know it's tiny and yeah. whatever but when you're like a teenager i remember one time there was an episode of married with children where um i don't know al bundy was getting like back surgery and he was supposed to get a circular incision but by accident they gave him a circumcision <laughs> Oh, man, that was a funny fucking show. Um, However, court documents from a recent divorce shed light on Abbott and his strong religious convictions. Abbott represented himself in the divorce. Always a good idea. That's a a great idea. That is definitely the act of a failed polygamist. (laughs) But that will win over a jury, guaranteed. Court documents um, say his wife decided to end their marriage after his decision to officially go back into the ministry after having multiple prophetic communications. (laughs) Abbott claimed his ministry had several false starts in years past, Hmm. which I'm looking at the website and yeah. What's the name of the ministry again? Um, Restore Bible Culture. Restore Bible Culture. And it's like, I'm looking at it, no idea what it means. Like, I don't get, I don't get it. You know? Doesn't that just sound like a class you'd take at, like, what's that, Falwell's University? Yeah, Restore something like Bible that. Culture 101. Hmm. It's a lame, he should have, like, given a better name, I mean, for a cult. Yeah, you know. Uh, fireball Ministry or something. 
right make Gamora great again or yeah, you know something whatever um <clears throat> when uh when his ex-wife accused him of being mentally abusive controlling a polygamist and dismissive of women Abbott denied most of those charges and also clarified his views on polygamy. <laughs> what are his views on polygamy? It's he, great. Yeah. He <laughs> Try res- it. He responded, writing that he believed polygamy is not in any way condemned or looked down upon in the Bible, and that many social ills pertaining to the stability of family would be balanced out if it were still in favor today. Doesn't Mitt Romney say the same thing? Um, he's not a polygamist. Oh, he's not? No. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. Although technically he's from the the Mexican Mormons, which the ones that still live in Mexico do practice polygamy. Polygamy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's probably the one good thing about being a Mormon, other than the magic underwear. That was literally the only good thing. And then when they had to stop doing that, it was it's like, like What's the point? It's like you can't yeah. drink coffee, you know? <laughs> no beer. Yeah. They don't drink beer. Yeah, that, I don't you know. see any benefit in being that religion. Because now it's like you have to have one yeah. wife. You got to dress lame. Like, you got to dress like a copier salesman. You know, <laughs> it's like it's stupid. Um, so uh, meow, 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 meow. Yeah. So he's uh, right. He said that shit about polygamy. Um, and I mean, he's technically right. It's not looked down upon in the Bible. No. Um, when Abbott's wife resisted the idea of adding a sister wife, Abbott allegedly cast her out of the home with just a few personal items because of her rebellion. Okay, well, how many wives does he have left then? Zero. God, what a failed polygamist. Yeah. Don't cast her out till you get another one. Yeah. Cast her out of the home. <laughs> Do it's you like think- it, he gave her the mark of Cain and sent her to the land of Nod to live in exile forever. Do you think he yeah. had that kind of, like, Bible speak? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Ye shall be yeah. dispersed from my presence. I cast ye out, you harlot. I cast ye out to the best Western hotel down the street. <laughs> to live there forever. Yeah. And the bar closes at nine. Um, let's see here. Yeah, documents say Abbott never brought another sister wife into the marriage, but he sent, spent considerable time and money looking online and in person. It's like the saddest <laughs> shit I've ever heard. I, in my know, life. I was about to say, you know? this guy could have used a sex robot. This guy could have used the fucking Proud Boys or something. <laughs> you know? Well, is that how you find wives? You just go online being like, hey, so, uh, like, what does this Tinder profile say? You know, it's like uh, I'm I'm a cult leader. Yeah, <laughs> looking for a sister wife. Yeah, you know, starting a polygamy cult. I I'm told my my beard is quite hip these days. <laughs> in parts of Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, Interests include rudimentary circumcision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, Abbott uh, traveled to the Philippines, Thailand, and several places across the United States to interview potential prospects but apparently he found them all lacking in some aspect or another what too fat or something like what what's lacking here guy doesn't have much to choose from if a girl's willing to join his weirdo polygamy cult you'd think it's like okay that's we got one yeah you know god even Mm -hmm. he didn't even score in thailand what a loser Uh, too young too fat too, too Filipino. So yeah, you're too, in the Philippines. Oh, you're too, way too Filipino yeah, yeah. for me. He's, way, he's being way too selective. I yeah. mean, haven't you seen some of these sister wives? They kind of look inbred. 
Yeah. Like unevolved. Right. Like you kind of have to take what you can get when you're going there. Are you talking about some reality show or something? No, what was that mm. show? Uh, God, I'm trying to think of it. Wackerly like that show. Brother Love, Brother... Okay, first of all, that was an HBO show, and those were all professional actresses that were very cute. Chloe Sevigny was one of them, I believe. Is that what you're thinking of? She looks kind of unevolved at times. She looks fine. <laughs> all right? Come on. No, no, no. I saw a documentary yeah. on uh, polygamy and, uh, and, and cults. Okay. And uh, a lot oh, of well, yeah, those people. Like, Ru- well, like the, uh, Rulon Jeffs yeah. and Warren Jeffs and, yeah, yeah. Brigham Young and all yeah. those people. Yeah. Um, they like to keep to their own, let's just say. What is that, your brother love? It was like, I forget, something. Something like that. Yeah, it had Bill, the dead one. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, yeah. yeah that guy died. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, you probably thought it was Bill Pullman. I did. I, I yeah. did think it was Bill yeah. Pullman. <laughs> Bill Paxton. Man. Bill Paxton. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, during uh, the divorce, Abbott hand-wrote a letter to the judge saying he was struggling to make money as he had been turned down from multiple jobs. <laughs> oh, yeah, Gil's just waiting for a sale. Guy? Just coming. <laughs> uh, I got a good feeling about this one. Uh, just need better leads. Yeah. However, uh, court documents say Abbott found enough money to build fencing around his home and began raising exotic livestock to feed his family. Exotic livestock? Yeah. Like what? It says that um, the documents do not say what kind of exotic livestock it was, and he would not answer the question. I bet you had an emu. If I had to guess, I'd say like... um, I'm thinking emu. I'm thinking like... Star Wars creatures. Like, <laughs> like a Tauntha? Tauntha. Yeah, Pantha. Uh, and a Tauntaun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, Those are the kinds of things that, that yeah. he's, he's racing. You know? <laughs> yeah, so... Um, exotic. Mm-hmm. What, a koala? Like, yeah. what, what's an exotic creature can you even get in Missouri? To feed his family, too, you know? Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I liked it in uh, in Ozark, the two red that redneck family, the white trash family. Mm-hmm. They ended up catching two bobcats, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna breed them, and then we're gonna sell the babies yeah. for exotic pets." Okay. And they're two female bobcats. <laughs> they didn't know, and they didn't understand why they weren't having sex. Oh, they weren't made. Oh, I see. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably like those fucking weird Muppet birds from Labyrinth or something. Those are probably oh, yeah. yeah. God, that, I forgot they could take their things. heads off, remember? <laughs> and they're like, we're going to take your head off too. Uh, anyway, uh, court documents say Abbott previously earned money through his telemarketing business called Vested Wellness. <laughs> Abbott reported that his family's Vested annual wellness. income peaked in 2014 at more than $100,000. No way. But he put an asterisk next to the number. What? Because he spent it all on exotic creatures? It's like uh, 95% margin of error or something like <laughs> That's what the asterisk says at the bottom. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's like every sentence of this is like more and more depressing. Why would this weirdo even do his taxes? Yeah. You know, it's like you'd think, you would think he'd be below the poverty line or at mm. least like I'm in a church, so I'm tax exempt. Or like, you know, I get the feeling that if he did his taxes, it was all written on like some like (laughs) children's restaurant pirate (laughs) map or something, you know, like (laughs) 
Earnings. I also did the maze. Uh, a, a note at the bottom of the page said, Vested Wellness took on a project that turned out to be a scam, and we had to distance ourselves from it and suffer the embarrassment of our involvement. What, like the circumcision project? Yeah, and uh, no, he, I think he had to get um, a Nigerian prince's name tattooed <laughs> on his penis. <laughs> That's what. It, that's how it. Uh, that's how it turned out. Yeah. So what happened to the two teenagers? Like, how much did he take off? They don't that's say. A, it's a fucking. They're minors. God. It's sealed. You know. I can't imagine my parents being like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to that guy. You know, mm. the failed polygamist, the weirdest with the restored Bible culture church. He's gonna circumcise you instead of the doctor." Yeah, and what? And it's the like kids in, like in sure. The hospital and yeah. the kids like, all right, sounds good to me. Yeah, and it was, I mean, these kids had to think it was like a good idea, you know? Well, this is Missouri. Because it's not like this guy is, I don't think he's like a fucking, you know, a a master solicitor or something, you know? I don't think he's great at convincing people to do things. Well, he represented himself in court. Yeah, he's no no Cicero, let's just say, you know? I I mean, he can't even fucking convince a Filipino woman. Do you think he brought his whole family to the wife interviews in Thailand and the Philippines? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Jesus. Man. So what happened to the guy? Is he in jail? I assume so. Prison? It doesn't right. say. Well, let's see. This, this this article just kind of goes off, and it just it just goes ends. down a road, you know. Yep. So let's see what happens. There you go. People, send your stories to Podcast at gmail dot com. We have phone calls coming up next. Three two three five two two four zero three two is that number. Before we get to that, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Hey guys. It's me, Stephen. I'm a huge fan of your show. Thanks to your awesome coupon code, Diddle, I can buy myself loads of good sex toys. Since both of my wives died, and my Lugaric disease got pretty bad, let's just say things in the bedroom got pretty boring. But thanks to adamandeve.com and coupon code diddle, D-I-D-D-L-E. I am now a new man. Thanks. So you got a few phone calls to get to here. People can call the Sick Wrong Hotline at 323-522-4032. We, we do always love to hear from you. Most get, of the time. Yeah, most of the time. But, I, you know, I like it. I like the interaction that we yes. get here. Makes us, Other podcasts don't do this. No. We do it. Most podcasts don't do this. Yeah, yeah. We do it because we give. Right. We give. You know? We don't ask. We give. Um, so the first call we have here is a guy named Eduardo who's commenting on uh, on our opinion of taking LSD. So remember we were talking about LSD and sure. how we probably wouldn't go there now? Yeah. And uh, mental health issues and all that. Uh-huh. Well, Eduardo's weighing in on that. Okay. No second wrong. This is Eduardo from Sarasota, Florida. I was listening to your most recent podcast, and you were talking about LSD and how if you have a predisposition to a mental illness, it'll make it come out. And I can concur with that very hardly because I did LSD twice when I was 18 within a two-day period. It was a weekend. And the second time that I did the LSD, I became bipolar. Like, I became severely <laughs> depressed. 
and I was depressed for months. Jesus. Like, mm. Severely, severely depressed where I couldn't even think straight, where I was just so fucked up. And I was usually a very talkative person, and I was like, not. Do you really think it was the LSD? It can trigger stuff. I mean, I know? guess, it, yeah, I guess it can. Yeah. I, I've heard of, heard of that, but I mean, do you think like because mm. people say like with schizophrenia, like it comes out when you're like 22, right, or 23 or something. It just you would it would have happened anyway. So I wonder if he would have become or developed bipolar disorder. Sounds regardless, like it sounds like he's saying it was temporary though, or something. Well, yeah, he said yeah. he said it lasted a year, but God, yeah. that that is scary. I developed a year-long phobia of seagulls. Having a conversation with nobody, I couldn't carry a conversation because my depression was so bad that I couldn't. My brain stopped working, and my yeah, like a Sid Barrett kind of situation, you know? Yeah, but Sid Barrett did like I don't know what fucking like busloads of acid. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> like how much acid mm -hmm. that guy do? There's bipolar. There's bipolar disorder in my family side of my father's family side. Uh, my grandmother has bipolar disorder. Her sister blew her brains out from from depression. And, yeah, the second time I did it, it was immediate. I, I immediately became depressed, but a depressed person for around eight months. And then I became manic. I smoked a whole ton of bunch of weed all at once, and it just fueled me to, make, to become manic. And I just broke out of my depression. I was super excited. Guy's got to be like the worst guy to trip with. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like of all the people to trip with, it's yeah. like you're last on my list there, Eduardo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> talk okay. about a buzzkill. Jesus Christ! It is super. Like, I was, I was, it was like akin to being yeah. on cocaine, twenty four seven. You don't sleep for days. You just. I smoked all this weed, and then I I built a fort out of old New Kids on the Block records, <laughs> and I lived in it for seven months. <laughs> yeah. They help, and you walk, and you walk, and you talk. And you just go up to people and start talking to them. I was, I was in Miami walking up to women, just like beautiful women, and like just saying just the worst things that I like. I'm not the worst things, but. That sounds like every guy in Miami. Yeah, I was about to say, I think that's a lot of dudes in Florida. Hey, mommy. You know, like just like, yeah. I think that's just what you do. Just in saying horrible yeah. things away. It's called yeah. catcalling. Right. That's what you were doing. Yeah. And actually, it's quite normal in uh, Florida. That's how yeah. you meet a mate. Mm -hmm. Saying pretty. Like, like risque things to them, and like getting away with it because I was just energetic and charismatic, and it was all tied up, tied into to one like just fuel week of just debauchery. I was tipping, I was tipping waitresses fifty dollars on a burger that was ten dollars. I was going to Starbucks and tipping twenty bucks on a sticker bar. Like, I just wasn't thinking straight, so. It's like fucking Ray Liotta going into the Copacabana or something, yeah, I was you know? About like, to say, yeah. <laughs> hey, big yeah. spender. Yeah. No Jesus wonder it was Christ. working out for you. Yeah. Say whatever you want to the ladies, when you're <laughs> tipping them fifty bucks a pop. <laughs> I tipped the girl at Jamba Juice a fucking <laughs> Jeep. You know. Hey, you go, honey. Yeah. Buy yourself something nice. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean that LSD shit is true, and I can I can attest to it. If you want to know anything else, like about, about the fact that I've been Baker acted over 12 times, and I spent... Wait, what did he say? He's been what over 12 times? Made radioactive? Hold on. I think he said radioactive. You know anything else, like about, about the fact that I've been Baker acted over 12 times? I've been Baker... It's not radioactive. I thought he said radio... He said Baker acted? Baker acted. What does that mean? Um, Nothing. Let's try it one that's more when time. You <laughs> I think that's when a Jim Baker tries to redact you from 
existence. <laughs> Wait, hold on. If you want to know anything else, like about, about the fact that I've been Baker acted over twelve times. Was there a, a a thing called the Baker Act, like a like a Baker law? acted? That's what you said. Baker acted. Yeah. Let's okay, that's got to be a law. That hold on, hold on. The Baker Act. Like, the, do you think it's yeah. like Megan's Law or something? It's got to be something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you oh, think- okay, okay, the Florida Mental Health Act. Oh, of nineteen seventy one. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Involuntary. You just. It's a, It's a. It's fifty one fifty. It's what they. In, oh, he's been fifty one. He's been fifty one fifty. Baker acted. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> why have you been? How many times has he been Baker acted? And why? I'm. I'm curious, Eduardo. Yeah. It's. Uh. It's when. It's when you play a Tammy Faye Baker in a in a local <laughs> theater production. <laughs> I was Baker yeah. acting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How many times? Uh, I don't know. I spent six months in a, in, a, in a hospital in Miami for one of my times. Uh, yeah, I, I'll call back, but that's just my little story. Hopefully it was under three minutes. All right, bye. Well, I can say one thing for sure. You should stay the hell away from LSD. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, I'd like to hear some of the, some of the mental institution stories. Yeah, I'm going to find out yeah. how, how one gets Baker acted. Right, yeah. Yeah, what causes you to get... What did you do to get Baker acted, and did it involve feces? Probably, at least at one point. Man, yeah, God, did you have you ever had anyone? Sir, like, I'm the Muffin Man, and I'm going to have to arrest you under the authority of the Baker Act. <laughs> yeah, what if they like put him in a straitjacket and pull him kicking and screaming yeah. out of his bedroom? <laughs> have you ever actually tripped with somebody who flipped the fuck out like that? Luckily, I don't think I have. I'm trying to think. Actually, you know what? Yeah, one time I think, but I think I just I left. I remember he wasn't a close friend, so I'm like, you know what, I'm not. Yeah, that's what that's what I usually do. I would just leave and be like, you know what, this is not going to go well, so I'm just going to take off. Like I, I I remember a guy was running up to. We were at a party, and he was just running up to people and like grabbing them and trying to fight them. Yeah, and like yelling and screaming at their faces, and I was like, I'm just going to get out of here. Yeah, it's not going to go well. I've also had uh, experiences with with girl like tripping with girlfriends is also kind of a fifty fifty mm. uh, situation. There it can I've go either way. That, that that's another yeah. thing. Like I've heard from people like, oh my god, sex on acid's mm. amazing. It's like I don't even want to think about that. Mm. I, Although I, I have to say, I think sex on mushrooms is pretty fun. Yeah, sex on mushrooms yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, you know, I, maybe not when I'm like peaking. I might be too mm. high to like fucking really maintain an erection mm. but i've been like i've had sex on uh, mushrooms at a good time but i don't know about acid actually one time there was yeah dude i think i just made him get out of my car but i think we were all tripping we were driving around and i was playing um astronomy domini the or D- dom mine i don't know how you say uh the the instrumental song from piper at the gates of dawn <laughs> oh yeah and then it's and there's this part at the end where it goes from left to right in stereo. It just like goes back and forth. And I just like, before I got to that point, I turned it up and then he was sitting in the back and it just like, it's like from each speaker. Did and it flip f- out? Flipped him the fuck out. And he starts <laughs> screaming. And then I, and then I, I thought it was funny, but then eventually I pulled over and I'm like, okay, get him out of my car. <laughs> so, yeah. I remember one time, uh, acid stories. Mm. Um, this, I was in high school. I was seventeen, maybe eighteen, mm. and uh, we were all hanging out 
at just at the skate park and we used to skate around there and this cop like came up because we were smoking mm. and we were all tripping on LSD because everyone tripped on everyone had acid back then because it was so boring in Bay City, Michigan Yeah, and uh, these cops come up and uh, one of the guys is like you know how bad smoking is for you and we're like whatever mm. just kind of laughed about it he's like I challenge you to a foot race he's like I'm 46 mm. years old and I could beat you you're 17 and I was just like alright mm. fucking smoke that guy yeah on acid. Mm. I beat him by like, like 15 feet. Mm. And then I had a cigarette. <laughs> All right. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, Eduardo, you got to call back yeah. and tell us about the Baker Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, next call. Is, is this guy also a Floridian, Jizzy Jake? Yes, he is. Wow. These yeah. guys should hang out. Yeah. I don't know what would happen. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> or, or at the, like the very the least. keeper meeting the key master. I don't know what would or, happen. At the very least, they should compete in a hot poppy competition that i think yeah. that would be good and i yeah. think that would be good in miami or maybe dare say jacksonville <laughs> so this is jizzy yeah. jake calling mm-hmm. in with a karaoke story okay. which is something i think it's on my bucket list mm-hmm. karaoke with jizzy jake uh guys i'm so hungover this is jizzy jake I don't think I've ever called you guys, like, kind of sober. I think I've always called you really drunk, and I guess I'm still drunk. I'm going to work. But uh, I remember one of the first times me and you guys talked. I told you about going out on Cinco de Mayo dressed up as a little Mexican boy. Right. And, uh, oh, yeah. I had a little uh, <laughs> a little relapse last Love that night. story. I went out to the bar and uh, uh, had, a, had some drinks and got all drunk and did some karaoke. And I was like, I'm going to sing Lottie Dottie by Snoop Dogg. And there's a N-word in that goddamn song. And I fucking was all drunk reading the goddamn TV screen. And I said, drop the N-word. And then a little lesbian, short-haired black girl came up to me and she said... Okay, how does he know she's a lesbian? <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she have a the crop top. Black like... women are more likely to have short haircuts, let's just say. I'm just going to go ahead and boldly proclaim that. And it may not mean any... It may not reflect their sexual orientation. Maybe he was at a lesbian bar. Oh, that would be pretty. Yeah, that would be hilarious. (laughs) A black lesbian bar. Yeah. Not only did you pick the worst song ever. It probably wasn't even karaoke. It was probably like. (laughs) It's probably like tonight we're doing a serious reading of lesbian erotica fiction here at the bookstore. And he's like, Lottie Dottie, we like to party. Where did that, you know? They're reading some Zora Neale Hurston, yeah. and he's just like, yeah. the karaoke that's yeah. always going on yeah. in Jizzy Jake's head. Yeah. Thanks, Lottie everybody. Dottie, we like to party. Yeah. I'm not saying she's a gold digger. You know? <laughs> You're a fucking asshole for saying the N word. And I was like, Dude, I'm sorry. I was just fucking drunk reading the TV screen. She was like, just reading the TV screen? Fuck you. And I was like, well, fuck you. You don't have to be mean to me. I, I Escalated. Wrong. I was just drunk reading the goddamn TV screen. She was like, what? You, fuck you. And I was like, fuck you. And then we got on a fuck you like battle. Wow. Do you think Jake's a proud yeah. boy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think this yeah. is circumstantial. But at, at the same time, it's like... 
Are, what what is the protocol for that? Like, don't don't most karaoke places have that word like bleeped out anyway? I mean, this the, the debate with these with these two doesn't exactly sound like fucking Gore Vidal and William F. Buckley. <laughs> you know, it's not like I know. But what is no. the protocol in that situation? If like you're doing, yeah, usually they're the clean chronic. versions. Yeah, I that's can't what I'm imagine I'm it like, said unless it was just. You never know. Sometimes they make these things in like Korea, and they don't know what the fuck. And they didn't. Are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he radio was doing. Yeah. Edition, so, <laughs> but I think mm-hmm. anyway, it's just common sense to be like, I just wouldn't probably say it. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, that's just me. Yeah, because it'd be like, because it, it was you know if you did like I don't know hit him up, it'd be like. You know, I forked your snitch, you fat mother trucker. You know, like it wouldn't even make any sense. You know, the, yeah. like uh, I, I think I've said this before, but I listen yeah. to K-Day a lot. 92.5 yeah. K-Day yeah. was hip hop back in the day. And they play songs that, yeah. why are you playing this? Yeah, you can't even. They play Hit em Up. Yeah, I know. I you know, know, and they play yeah. like, yeah, and, and, yeah. And, and Changes and all these Tupac songs. You're like, why would you play this song? Mm. Or Eminem songs and things like that. And then she fucking like, fucking like chased me out of the fucking bar with a goddamn pool stick and everybody was laughing at me and shit because I was all drunk falling over and shit. Yeah, that's funny. Wow, you know, that is kind of funny. Well, Some Benny Hill so music. It's so easy to be a goddamn racist these days, man. It's just, it's just fucked up, man. I'm, me and my white privilege, man, I'm just fucking everybody's life up by fucking getting drunk and rapping a goddamn awesome Snoop Dogg song. You know, Lottie Dottie where he talks about getting chased out. It's a slick like, Rick you know, song, is it? And shit. Um, I think it's no, it's. I mean, it is Snoop Dogg song. It's probably sampled, you know. No, I think Slick Rick did that one first. Probably, I just said it's probably yeah. sampled. Um, but um, Snoop Dogg did do a fine version of that song. Sure, though. yeah. Um, yeah. I I guess it is easy to be considered racist. But... I mean, maybe, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You, like, let's look at say, you know, Jizzy Jake. Let's uh, as a comparison here, as a foil. Let's look at, say, Eminem, who certainly throughout his career has had a drug problem, probably drunk a lot. I've never seen a video of him on video saying the fucking N-word. I've never seen it. I've never heard him say it. He's he's always got his entire career, as far as I know, without saying the N-word, even on like a, you know, sub Rosa video or something. So, yeah, I've, I've, like even on yeah. a yeah, like a B side or anything, I've never heard him say that. So he's managed to escape. The, I mean, people have called him a lot of things. I can't. I don't think everyone's ever called him a racist. Yeah, so I don't think I'm gonna say call, yeah, yeah. I, I think it is possible. Yeah, yeah. I think it's to possible. avoid saying the N word. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he should just come up with a euphemism instead of the N word to use right. in that situation. Yeah. Like I don't. I'm trying to think of the last time I've been in like a restaurant. <laughs> and someone's accused me of being a racist. I'm sure it's happened to me. But I bet I, I, it's been a while. If you it's grew up in Florida, if you're born and raised in Florida, yeah. it probably happened a lot more often than it does to you now. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Yeah, I think it's kind of unavoidable. So maybe it's just uh, geographical or something. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. like things like. Body shots are a part of daily life. You know what I mean. So it's like I think it's it's far more likely to occur. You know. I, I still yeah. though I have been severely yeah. inebriated. Yeah. And did karaoke. Mm-hmm. And I still have never said the n word in front in public in front of people. 
Yeah, I don't think I have either. Yeah. Mm. But then again, mm. I was never born or raised in Florida. Yes. So, I don't know. Well, anyway. Wait, we're not, I, we're not quite done here. It happened, man. Anyways, fucking, there you go. Fucking don't go drinking with Jake. You're going to be labeled a racist and chased out of the fucking <laughs> bar with the goddamn pool stick. <laughs> fucking bitch. All right. Bye, guys. I got to say, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. I mean, I think even even if uh, racism wasn't invoked, he probably would have gotten chased out with a pool stick for some other reason. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too. Uh-huh. I agree with that. Yeah. God, yeah. I would have been cheering. That yeah. would have been pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. He's a legend. Certainly is. Um, I'd love to hear the other side of that story. Right, yeah. Yeah, if that lesbian black chick listens to the show, uh-huh. please call in. Yes, please do. Uh, we have one more call here. Scottish guy who uh, is likes to get anally penetrated or something. Okay. Do they have Proud Boys in Scotland? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They're called Freemasons. Yeah. Hi, second wrong. This is Graham calling from Edinburgh. Um, I was at the live podcast. Uh, I was the guy who kept getting a, an hour extension to my girlfriend and decided to see how drunk I could get. Is this that robot from Revenge of the Sith that had like six arms and different lightsabers? Oh, yeah. General well, Grievous. General Grievous. This is Gen- yeah. sounds like General Grievous <laughs> is fucking calling us. Okay. <laughs> the fuck? I don't remember this guy. Drugs for everybody. Uh, was a great night. Oh, wait. I remember this guy. He went and uh, he, he was really drunk. Yeah. And then he went out and, uh, yeah, he scored drugs. You remember this? He was gone for a while. Is that little redhead guy, kid? I think this is a different. That's the guy who yeah. pissed in that glass, like the pint glass. Oh, this is the dude with the long hair. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That guy. Yep, I remember I like that, that guy. guy. Yeah. And uh, I was rough the next day. Anyway, the reason for the phone call is I have, uh, is that gay? Um, I was in Aberdeen on a golfing trip. Uh, gay. Got, yep. yep. <laughs> dude, you are gay. End of the story. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. You know what? Fuck everybody, honestly, because like this guy looks like, you know, you know, looks like he just crawled under out from under a van in the parking lot of a fish concert. And he's going on a golfing trip to Aberdeen. (laughs) I'm honestly I would love to fucking go do like drunk golfing. And I, I've said this to pe- friends of mine in L.A. No one is fucking interested in doing this with me. Hey, you've asked me you know? several times. Yeah. I've never even hit a golf no ball. No one's interested. You yeah. know? I even hate putt It's like one of the only games I know how to play, you know? Are you good at it? I used to be. All right, be maybe decent. I'll try it. Yeah. I've never done it. Hmm. It's. I mean, I wouldn't do want to do it sober. But for, Would you just walk yeah. around with like a, a pint or something or a fish? Yeah, you know? Hmm. Flask or just like a thermos. All right, I'll try it out one of these days. Old crow or something. I don't know, something, you know. (laughs) Always dares to, uh, well, always wants to stick a fire extinguisher up his ass. And he always does it at house parties where there isn't any fire extinguishers. So it's kind of a false promise, but... That sounds dangerous. Wait, he sticks a firecracker in his ass? Fire extinguisher. A fire extinguisher in his ass. Yeah. I think Jesus. not the fucking whole red part. No, but thing, like that too. Yeah, yeah. But does he turn it on? Yeah, I think so. God, I don't know what the pressure is on those things. Yeah, I can't. But yeah. We were in a hotel in Aberdeen after the night. We were fucking smashed. Had plenty of drugs, and it was like, go get the fire extinguisher, stick up ass. 
So, that, and, uh, At what point does it get to that? Where it's like, maybe, maybe I haven't been that wasted or Scottish drunk or something. I haven't been at that level of inebriation where it's just like, go get the fire extinguisher, stick it up my ass. Yeah, no. Like, I, never... I mean, I get pretty drunk. I'll usually just pass out. Yeah. I don't think I've ever really thought about doing that. Yeah. Stuck up his ass and then he went, go for it, press it, press it. And uh, this kind of, it was like a, I don't know, like a chalky powder came out. And he was like, oh, you fucker, oh, you fucker. And then about five seconds later, it was like, do it again, do it again, do it again. So, we did. And it was fucking hilarious, eh? Um, also that night, he stuck a spoon right up his ass. Like, you couldn't even see the end of the handle. Who is, like, for who is this? <laughs> Who's the like, audience? Yeah, like, because it's like, is he enjoying this? And are other people finding it amusing? Because if somebody did that at a party, and I'd just be like, what? What's the, I would be what like, is the keep matter with the you? spoon. The spoon yeah. is yours now. Yeah. I don't want that spoon There back. is no spoon yeah. anymore in <laughs> I, my but mind. The other thing is, it's like, yeah. what? I guess at that yeah. point, it's like, what else can this guy put in his ass? Yeah. I mean, I, I would be curious. Uh, at the same time, disgusted. Like, you filthy savage. Yeah, as long you as know? it wasn't my house. Yeah. You know? One of but my it's like I, you know, I'm also not there. interested in like hanging out with those people that can fit like two pool balls in their mouth. <laughs> it's just not my thing, you know. Like I'm not. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. That, nope. that, 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 that's an odd yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and he also sprayed uh, hairspray up his ass. I don't know if that's a thing. In fact, he had done. And um, so I've got two as that gay. As that gay, that my friend likes to stick things up his ass on the sesh. Um, there was no enjoyment out of it. <laughs> well, I don't think so. Uh, and the second is that gay is, is that gay for me and my mate to watch him stick things up his ass. Again, there was no pleasure involved in it. It was more humorous. Um, and there wasn't any actually, we didn't actually see anything entering the anus as such. Uh, we didn't have time or location to see the penetration. Um, that was all. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. It was brilliant seeing you in Edinburgh. It was like seeing a brother I'd never seen in 10 years. Anyway, keep up the good work. <laughs> I don't anyway, know what the I, fuck I, he said there. What was the end? He said it was, it was like seeing a brother he's never met in like, or he's never seen in 10 years. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, thank you. For, I'd like to field this one first here. <laughs> Um, I, I have an opinion on this. Um, I, I would say that, uh, is it gay that he sticks things up his ass? No. You know, I've been known to stick things up my ass and enjoy it on uh, multiple occasions. At least I used to before I was afflicted with something that is either colon cancer or hemorrhoids. I'm not really sure. Are you still bleeding from the anus? Oh, still? yeah. Still. Yeah, pretty it much. It did. It's been yeah. several weeks. Yeah, I've gone through like three pairs of jeans and like two pairs of sheets. Wait, do you have like blood stains in your ass, like in your, the ass of your pants, like the seat of your Not pants? Not right now, but I, yeah, I've, I've had to Jesus throw away Christ. some pants. I'm gonna go get a towel yeah. for you to sit on that chair. <laughs> Wait, so have you gone to a doctor? No. Oh my god, yeah. what do you, what do you think is this gonna go away? Yeah, you should go to a. That's what doctor. I'm banking on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm banking when, on this. I usually do that when yeah. it's been like a week. Yeah, but if it's been three weeks of bleeding from my anus, I'll go to a doctor. I'm kind of rooting for colon cancer, to be honest. You know, <laughs> at this point in my life, I'm just like, you know what? 
fine. Um, it's something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so no, it's not gay. That you guys watch him? Yeah, that's gay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know. So, so you... Yep. Have you ever stuck theory. anything in your ass for a live audience? Nope. Yeah, that that's the part that I think could be considered kind of gay. Maybe not the fact that he's sticking things in his ass. I mean, there's nothing gay about that. But the fact that he's doing it for a live audience and the live audience is watching him willingly. You know, it's not like they're getting mad. They're encouraging that kind of behavior. Yeah, I mean, I think it would depend on whether he was erect while doing it. You know, I guess because it sounds if they could see his penis. Yeah, too. it sounds know. like he's just like some kind of village idiot type. You know, That's well, what it sounds like it sounds like it's it sounds to me it's like yeah. a festive atmosphere. Yeah, probably having a little bit of a party. A bunch of people are there, and it gets yeah. to the point where everyone's so drunk, all the chicks have left. You're not going to score, and then it's just like, well, let's just find out what this guy can shove in his ass. And they yeah. probably are just like, can you put that pool cue in your ass? Can you put that uh, can of hairspray in your ass? Can you put that fire extinguisher? And it's just like. Wow, I mean, that guy could put a lot of different things in his ass. Sure. So, yeah, I guess it is kind of gay. Also somewhat entertaining. In you got to like make a, a name show for yourself way. in this world, you know? But in like a Legacy. kind of a freak show kind of way. Legacy is important. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be remembered. Right. I and mean, I'm sure everyone's just like, oh, yeah, that's the dude that can shove things in his ass. Mm -hmm. Like random things. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd want to rhyme about it on his gravestone. I'm sure. I just know? wouldn't want to get drunk with him in my house, like in my apartment. Yeah. I just because I wouldn't want to have to deal with that the next morning after being completely hungover and like yeah, grabbing like a can of coke and it, you know my hand sticking to it. Right. Yeah. Blood and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has anything ever not? come out of his ass and you had to call 999 isn't it 999 over there yeah not yeah 999 because that's yeah. what i'm wondering because i think eventually the odds are something's not going to come back out and then what are you going to do at that point do you just kind of get up laugh and leave <laughs> i don't know what happens then yeah here lies Ennis, whose life was stolen. He fit a lug wrench inside his colon. Something like that. Something this is epitaph. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was it was fun hanging out with everybody. I had a good time that night. Yeah. That was a that was a stellar night. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And just everybody was in good spirits. People came like people took trains to come see us yep. and, and flew out to, to Edinburgh. That's something I'd like to do again. It yes. was a good time. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. God, I got I was hung over. That was useless the next day. Right. Yeah. Anyway, people call the uh, Sigmar hotline 323-522-4032. Um, best way to support the show is by becoming a Sigmar patron. Seriously, it's really not that much money. You go on there, you sign up, 5 bucks, and you get like 40 minutes of extra content. This week in particular because a caller called in to discuss Harrison's stab anniversary, your right. stabbing anniversary, uh -huh. yeah. and so Harrison, which oddly goes, enough, I yeah. yeah, you actually celebrate, and Harrison mm -hmm. goes into detail mm -hmm. about the 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 ways he celebrates the stab anniversary with the girl that stabbed him. Yes, yep. it's amazing. So yeah. that, that's the thing we do on Patreon. It's like we can't play every call we get because we get a lot of calls. So the overflow goes to Patreon, right? 
So you just sign up, five bucks, you get an extra story, and you get some extra phone calls. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of people think that the best way to support the show is to try to fit um, an Arquette sibling <laughs> up your ass. But no, it's actually Patreon. <laughs> like, for instance, I, I just yesterday, um, I uh, did Mushrooms with Dan Fogler from the, you know, Fantastic name Beast. Dropping yeah, name dropping. Yeah, name dropping. And uh, he was recording it for his, I don't know, one of his fucking weird podcasts. And I was like, fuck it, I'll record. So I recorded us babbling about venom and hallucinogens and astral projection. So I've been posting some of those on the fucking oh, see, Patreon. Th that's cool. Yeah. So that's so the thing. With Patreon, you yeah. get you get all the bonus content. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Which we about. do have a lot. Yeah. yeah. So it's fun. So, so go check I'm always it out. thinking of you guys. I'm like, oh, the Patreon people would like to hear this. Like they, I like yeah. how you're like, let's just turn, let's get this recorded. Let's get yeah. the mics out. Uh -huh. That's good. Always on your toes. So patreon.com slash sick and wrong. We do appreciate it. Uh, finally here, sick and wrong song of the week. We're trying to play these Halloween themed, I guess, uh, I don't know. What was the genre? Novelty monster songs. Novelty monster songs, yeah. of which Harrison is an aficionado mm -hmm. and an expert, I'd say. Yes. And and so this week we have Screaming Lord Such. Mm. The song's called uh, Falling in Love with a Monster Man. Yes. Uh, circa 1964. Um, when he says falling in love with a monster man, is he referring to like a wolf man, a merman, or any kind of monster man? Uh, I think it's a kind of a general kind of monster man. I imagine it kind of looking like... Um, Lon Chaney in Phantom of the Opera. I could see know, that. Like a ghoulish kind of thing. Or a Scottish guy with a fire extinguisher hanging right, out of his yeah, ass. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Um, you know, uh, David Such here was a true English eccentric. He actually ran for parliament under his official monster raving loony party banner. Oh, yeah. I would have voted for that. Sure. I definitely would have. Uh, he also recorded music with British rock legends, including Joe Meek and guitarist Jeff Beck, who played on the B-side of uh, this song. Mm. I didn't know that. So we're going to end the show here. halloween theme song here. Falling in Love with the Monster Man by Screaming Lord Such. Uh, thanks, Kathleen Richardson, for, uh, for chatting with us about sex robots. Um, and, Did Joe uh, Meek produce this song? Yeah. This song in particular? Oh, I, don't, I, I don't know about okay. this song, but it produced a lot of his songs. It kind of sounds like a, yeah. has a Joe Meek kind of vibe to it. Huh? Hmm. Pretty cool. There you go. Anyway, uh, people will be back next week with episode 658. Until then, take a sleazy. appeared with this crazy sound <laughs> This guy has been... <laughs>
is lit Just a crazier kind of mixed up kid Been sort of stitched up by a sewing machine But my baby baby says Yeah, this monster's a dream She's was weird, just a little unreal, seemed kind of short of a sex appeal, he was dragging his chains and groaning his groans, not really a guy that a girl should take home. When it comes to the scene where the monster should die, my baby broke down and she started to cry, said this monster I love in a strange He's my kind of guy, cause I'm Dracula's sister. She's falling in love with a monster man. She's falling in love with a monster man. So listen, you guys who are taking a wife. This could be your girl, so run for your life. Look, you know how you're always talking about how you can simulate all that stuff in your computer? You know? What's the difference? Why can't we simulate a girl? I don't know. I, I guess I could, but why? It's two-dimensional on the screen. It's, it's not flesh and blood, Gary. Well, I know that, but, you know, we can, we can use it. Why? We can ask it questions. We can, we can put it in real-life sexual situations and see how it reacts. We're like, we're sick to manage shit. You'd love it. Well, what about your girl in, um, Canada? She was in Canada. This girl's no morals. You know, I don't I don't like that on a girl. I, it's rough having those kind of relationships, you'll see. <clears throat> anyway, get to work. <laughs> 